Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode number 97. It is Super Bowl week. Doesn't really feel like it because of the hellstorm that has been the sports world these past few days. But we do have a Super Bowl to be played. That'll be in Miami this Sunday between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Our last true look at some decent professional football for a long and somber seven months. So uh, let's get out there and enjoy it, right? Welcome back to the show. If you're new around here, I am your host as always, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan Wanish. And Evan, how are you doing on this fine day, my friend? Uh, doing pretty good. Just like you said, you know, it's been... Uh... It's been a, a tough week for a lot of sports fans, and I uh, just got to realize that there is a Super Bowl being played on Sunday, so it's crazy to think. Yeah, it's been a very long week. Started off with the uh, tragic death of Kobe Bryant, and I'll be honest, man, normally we push to record the show on Monday, but it just it, it happened on Sunday, and Monday just mm-hmm. felt way too soon. Um, but yeah, Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna, Kobe, of course, an icon in the NBA, and uh, beyond that, I mean, he was just starting the second phase of his career. What felt like he was coaching some teams, he was involved in the league, and you know, Kobe Bryant was really, really good for the game of basketball. His death transcends sports. I mean, everybody around the world is is truly torn up and upset about this. So it it felt wrong to start the show and not at least recognize. But uh, rest in peace to Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, and everyone else aboard that helicopter. Very, very unfortunate, but we do have some good news. Um, we have a guest today. I kind of feel terrible transitioning into that, but we do have a guest joining it's us. It's a weird today. transition, kind of. Yeah, a little awkward, but uh, let's jump right into it. Our guest joining us today, a beat writer for our friends over at Pewter Report, our good buddy Taylor Jenkins. Taylor, how are you doing, my man? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. I know I told you once before, but. Uh... Always like to this, uh, you know, give you guys a shout out. Thanks for having me on. I love doing this stuff. So I'm doing great. How you guys doing? Absolutely, we're doing good. Glad to have you on. Pretty good. And um, yeah, so a beat writer for our buddies over at Purity Report. You, uh, we know you guys do a lot of hard work throughout the off season, from not only scouting up different players, playing in all the All Star games for college right now, but uh, just getting on top of all the latest Tampa Bay Buccaneer rumors. And we're going to cover a little bit of everything on that spectrum here today on episode 97. Now I wanted to start out. You guys were at the Reese Senior Bowl last week in Mobile, Alabama, scoping out some of the top talent that college football has to offer. And uh, first off, how was your trip? Wanted to ask you about that part. 
uh, Mobile's awesome, man. I love going there. This is my second year there. Um, second year with Matt as well. Scott, our publisher, he's been going, you know, forever. But it's always a blast. It's always great seeing these guys, getting to meet them, getting to talk to them. I mean, it's guys that are about to embark, you know, on a whole new journey. They've played football their whole life. This is kind of what they've worked towards. So to see them kind of right on the brink of that and getting a chance to uh, kind of bump up their draft stock a little bit, it's just great to see. It's great to be a part of, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And a, a great field of talent that you were looking out. Now, I wanted to ask you, uh, who were maybe two or three, four players that, you know, among that great talent, those guys just were that much better? I mean, who were the standout players that you saw from Senior Bowl weekend? I mean, one thing that was kind of really crazy about this year's Senior Bowl was all the talent at the wide receiver position. I mean, this was just an incredible group of guys you had brandon Ayuk from arizona state he wasn't able to participate but he was there i would have really liked to have seen what he could do but i mean you could just run down the line um van jefferson from florida denzel mims out of baylor um james proche an aac guy out of smu colin johnson from texas you could just go down the line of guys who i think just blew everyone in attendance away by their talent and i mean it was a hyped group coming in and they lived up to it um outside of that i think you look at you know, like Justin Herbert was obviously great. We know what he's got. I think Jalen Hurts had a good weekend. As far as what the Bucks could be looking at, I think offensive tackle Josh Jones out of Houston uh, is really climbing up draft boards, especially in a really talented offensive tackle class this year. Um, and then another one, defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw out of South Carolina. He had some uh, tendonitis that forced him to believe I missed the uh, last day of practice and the game, but Really, him just being there and showing off what he did in the first couple days of practice was all he needed. He's an insane talent. He probably could have missed it, but just his competitiveness to get out there and play and be a I think speaks volumes to him as a person. So those are some of the guys that I saw that I think really stood out, and it's going to be fun to see what happens with them uh, come draft time. Yeah, it's fun for Bucks fans to not only look at the talent, Across the board, I mean, you said Justin Herbert was good, of course, but uh, big guys like Javon Kinlaw and then Jones out of Houston, you said, making his way up the draft boards. I know Kinlaw was really, really high up on your board, Evan. What did you think? Did you watch his performance? Yeah, so I, uh, with, the, with the help of Pewter Report, actually, you know, I was able to follow along with some of the tweets and stuff, and it was unfortunate that he wasn't able to play in the game. But, I mean, he really didn't have to uh, after after the, the week of practice that he had. Uh, I think this guy really solidified himself as a top 15 pick. And he would look, uh, he'd be a pretty good fit next to Vita Vea there. But, honestly, at this point, you know, there's no guarantees he's even available at 14. So, uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see, you know, what happens if he participates at the Combine, what happens there. So, uh, definitely a guy that Bucks fans should be keeping their eye on. Absolutely. So if you want to learn some more about all these standouts that maybe the Bucks would be interested from the Senior Bowl, of course, you can go check that out, pewterreport.com. Now, there was another somewhat important football game played last weekend. That was the NFL Pro Bowl in Orlando. Uh, you know, it's hard to get people to care about the Pro Bowl every single year, but if you do have some stock, of course, you're going to be watching at least a little bit of it. And I think most of the headlines came from the week of practice before the game. As you know, the Buccaneers did have one representative there in defensive end, Shaq Barrett. And uh, not only did a lot of people have a lot of good things to say about Shaq, but he had some promising things to tell the reporters there. Uh, I think the general consensus coming away from his comments at the Pro Bowl and uh, almost just recently his comments in an interview at Radio Row in Super Bowl 54 this week, um, 
I think he wants to stay in Tampa. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Do you think signs are pointing more towards Shaq Barrett finally getting a deal done with the Bucks, regardless of if it's a tag or a deal? It seems like he wants to be here as opposed to anywhere else. Am I right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Shaq wanting to return to Tampa and the Bucks wanting to keep him in Tampa is probably one of the worst kept secrets in the NFL. Um, I mean, he's been saying since last third of the season that he wanted to be back. Bruce Arians came out and said as bluntly as he's going to be back. So I think it's really just a matter of getting that deal done. Um, now you're going to be paying him money. Um, I think that the Bucks got an incredible deal on him this past year when he went and signed a one year, what was it? $4 million contract. Yeah. I mean, he, he bet on himself and it worked. So now you're going to have to make that decision. Obviously you want to have him back. And I think he's a very important part of Todd Bowles defense. I think that he makes the defense look elevated. I think the defense elevates him. I think it's a good landing spot for him, but obviously now with really only one year of full time, that came with 19 and a half sacks, a Pro Bowl appearance. You know, I think he got snubbed for an All Pro appearance. The Bucks are going to have to bet on him a little bit. He bet on himself, and now it's going to have to turn the tides. And how much are you willing to pay a guy that really only has one year of full time production? I think he's worth it, but I do think he's going to re- demand a lot of money, and that's obviously going to play a big role in what the Bucks can do moving forward. Whether that's keeping guys, whether that's signing free agents. So it's going to be really interesting when this deal gets done, if it does, obviously, um, to see you know how much he's getting paid and how long he's going to be above. You know, they can get it done. Yeah, and, and I mean things are pointing in a more promising direction. Again, if you are a big fan of Shaq Barrett in Tampa, it, it kind of seems like he's a safe bet that they're going to want to bring him back. Kind of like you said, Taylor. Uh, how much do they want to invest into him? Is the question now. With it looking like a safe bet that Shaq is going to be back, because I have the personal belief that they pay him whatever he wants. Maybe not astronomical money, but for the market price that he can get, I imagine they're going to want to keep him here in Tampa. So if they sign him to a deal, the follow-up question then becomes just how much of this defense, the defensive line in particular, can you keep together? Because not only do you have to pay Shaq Barrett, you got to worry about the Jameis Winston situation, which has been talked about to death by this point. But, uh, you know, money does start to become an issue when you talk about facing the 15-plus players the Buccaneers have to re-sign. So, if you do bring Shaq back, what are some pieces on that defense that you might have to be comfortable with letting go to greener pastures? I mean, for me, Carl Nassib is one that comes to mind, but uh, what, do, what do you guys think? Uh, you can go ahead, Evan. I kind of took over the last one. No, you're good. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I think Nassib is a pretty good candidate. Um, just, just looking at, you know, it's unfortunate all four, uh, defensive linemen are unrestricted free agents. Uh, and I, obviously I think, you know, Shaq Barrett is probably top priority that even if they don't get a deal done, I think they would definitely consider using the franchise tag on him. I I don't think they want to let him go at all. Uh, so, um, JPP is another guy I, I think is just a top priority for them. Uh, and, you know, the leadership he showed and just the production that this defensive line had when he came back from his injury was just a really, really big part in the defensive 
turnaround that they had. Uh, so I think, yeah, the, the, the odd man out might be Carl Nassif. But I also think, you know, Nadam Kinsu, with the Bucks showing some interest in Javon Kinlaw, that might not be so such good news for a guy in Nadam Kinsu. I think the biggest thing with Sue is, is he willing to accept, you know, a one-year deal around $6 million or so, $7 million? Because I, I personally don't see the Bucks bringing him back if he wants, you know, another one-year, $9 million deal. I just think that's just a little too rich for them. I agree. I think a lot of it comes down to money. I think that Nassib um, is going to go and, you know, make a little money, make his money, which he, I think, came here and he earned. Um, you'd love to obviously have him back, but I totally agree. He's an odd man out. I mean, I just again, don't know. Just like you said, Evan, if they can get him back on one year, six million, I think they'd love to. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, well, what kind of what kind of contract do you think Carl Nassib would fetch? Oh man, it's tough. I mean, I really think he's pulling in probably eight to ten million a year. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Um, he's not going to be. He's never going to be your number one edge rusher, but having a guy that high motor guy, um, he was a captain on the defense this year for a reason. Mm-hmm. A little crazy that you love to see on the defensive line. So I just think that he's a guy that you're going to pay that is going to deserve a higher pay grade, but I think it's going to be a little too rich for the Bucks' blood, considering they have to bring back. You know, if they're going to bring back Sue, if they're going to re-sign Barrett, if they're going to get JPP back, if they're going to try, you know, and they're losing Bo Allen, so you're going to need a defensive tackle there. You're losing Nacho, so you're going to lose a defensive tackle there. You're losing a lot of guys, and now what they do with Sue, I think, really makes an impact on what they do in the draft. Because mm-hmm. if you can bring back a guy, you may maybe don't need to go up and get that Javon Kinlaw really talented guys that you like at a bigger position of need, and you might be willing to slide back in the draft to take a guy who can sit behind Sue and Vea for a year, be a rotational guy. Again, I think JPP, they really want him back. I think his leadership is just, I mean, you can't really put a price tag on that. But again, JPP, as productive as he's been, he's on the wrong side of 30. He's had the injury with his hand. He's coming off of a broken neck. He plays every season while it might not look like it. He really gets so i think if he hits free agency i think he's still a guy you can probably afford if you're willing to go out and pay for it again i think with shaq barrett the franchise tag that you mentioned evan is really interesting because a lot of the speculation i think throughout the season me included it was basically a foregone conclusion for most of it that Jameis winston was going to get the franchise tag Mm -hmm. now should Jameis winston walk or should they figure out a long-term contract with him that obviously opens up a franchise tag where you're saving money on Shaq because you're probably paying 18 to 20 million if I were to spec. But with that franchise tag, I think it gets him down to about 15. And that gives you another year to try and work out this deal and another year that he's got to prove that he's worth what you're going to invest into him. But again, the edge rusher is probably the third most important franchise position that you can have outside of a left tackle and a quarterback. So. I like to think he's going to get his money, but I think the franchise tag is an is an interesting aspect if uh, they don't use it on Jameis. Yeah, well, and and well, the reason is because, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the reason is because Shaq Barrett is actually listed as a linebacker. Yes, and linebackers franchise tag is a lot less than a defensive end, so that's where the Bucks sort of catch a break there. Exactly, it's lumped in because where it really you see the difference is because he's listed as a linebacker. You have those outside linebackers who are really 
edge rushers just like a defensive end. You know, a Vaughn Miller is, you know, an edge rusher. He's not, but they're paid, they're grouped in for the franchise tag with those off-ball linebackers. Those, I mean, granted, I'm talking about the high-priced ones, but the Luke Keekleys, the Levante Davids, the Bobby are great players, but they're not going to ever fetch the kind of money that a Shaq Barrett, a Vaughn Miller will coming off the edge. Right. And uh, you, you guys had kind of mentioned the Jameis situation for a minute. I wanted to kind of derail and go that route because not only the week of Pro Bowl did we find out that Shaq Barrett coming back to Tampa looks a little more likely, but uh, Buccaneers quarterback for the time being, Jameis Winston, he got some league-wide love. And, I mean, he got some comments from players that, you know, Shouldn't be sniffed at. Uh, Buda Baker, Darius Slay, Dalvin Cook, uh, Chandler Jones. I mean, this list of players, Darius Leonard, linebacker for the Colts, a guy who has intercepted Jameis Winston in the past before. Uh, Buda Baker, another guy who has had multiple interceptions against him. And then to wrap it all up, Calais Campbell. All of these guys basically said that the Bucks should at least bring him back for one more year. And uh, based off of their comments, I kind of wanted to take the conversation this way, and Taylor wanted to ask you up front, what do you make of the Jameis Winston situation? What do you think they should do? You kind of brought up the possibility of a franchise tag with Shaq Barrett, saving some money there if they want to go the deal route with Jameis. But overall, what do you think should be done, and do you think Jameis should be in Tampa next year? I mean, this is the question, not just in Tampa, but ac- across the league. Because when you look at it, the talent has never been a question. The talent is, ev- and like, it's so evident. You see him make these throws that, I mean, guys in the league not only don't really complete, they don't even attempt, and that's his biggest problem. Jameis's talent has never been a question. The matter is, you with 30 turnovers. I know the defense had a really, really tough time in the first 10 weeks. They were, again, on record pace for yards and points allowed. But if Jameis throws, what, 18, inter- 18 interceptions as opposed to 30 this season, the Bucks are probably in the playoffs. Now, granted, he also probably doesn't throw for 5,100 yards and 33 touchdowns if he doesn't have 30 interceptions. Those things go hand in hand. The more you're throwing the ball, you're more, the more you're going to do of both. Personally... I it's hard to sell drafting a rookie quarterback when you have such a limited time with Bruce Arians. I think you've maybe got three more years with Bruce Arians, and I think it's going to be really tough because you're not going to be drafting a guy like Tua. You're not going to be drafting a guy like Joe Burrow. You're probably not going to be drafting a guy like Justin Herbert. So then you're getting down to guys like Jordan Love, and do you really want to sit there and try and you know, build this guy when I personally don't think the roster is that far away from being a competitive roster, especially if the defense keeps it up in the secondary and you can find a way to get some of those guys from the front seven back. Yeah, absolutely. Personally, I think it's tough, I but I would probably bite the bullet and give him another year. I mean, you really don't want to start over. And when we look at the available options, I mean, do you want to start with Philip Rivers, who's old? Tom Brady is kind of a pipe dream. Uh, do you want to start with Andy Dalton? I mean, you're saving some money with Andy Dalton, but are you really improving much there? So if it were me, i give him another year. But at the end of the day, the person who knows more about it than anyone and the ultimate decision makers are Jason Light and Bruce Arians and the Glazers. So I think it's just going to be a lot of talk, a lot of speculation, but it's it, a lot more once the decision's made. And I think they're going to be pretty tight-lipped until that time comes. Yeah, I, I think so, too. And, I mean, you kind of look at the situation. You brought up some of the free agent quarterbacks hitting the market. And with Jameis, 
you started off, you said the, the talent is there. No question the talent is there. You cannot question it. He does make some questionable throws. He's going to make some throws that not any other quarterback in the NFL would dare make. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it doesn't. But you look at the upside. And this is a Bucks team who is in win-now mode. I mean, yeah, you can bring in a guy like Phillip Rivers, but you don't, I don't see the upside that you see with Jameis Winston. A Jameis Winston who finished first in passing yards, second in touchdowns, and also first in interceptions, just like you said. If he throws 18 picks, the Buccaneers, pretty good bet they're in the playoffs. So, to see the upside on Jameis as opposed to the guys that they could bring in. We talked about Philip Rivers on the last episode of the show, and I almost had a nosebleed because I was so angry about all of these rumors. So <laughs> we kind of took this topic. I want to talk about one more rumor that really seemed to come out today. I didn't see it anywhere before today. came out like an hour ago. Yeah, it came out right before the show. I, I was like, going to send both of you guys a text and say, hey, we need to add this to the prep sheet. But uh, according to Peter King... Tampa Bay is a sleeping giant, quote-unquote, to sign Tom Brady in free agency. Taylor, you mentioned it briefly. You said Tom Brady to Tampa is a pipe dream. It is rumor season. It is specifically smokescreen season. So I think the last thing in the world the Bucks are focused on right now is getting Tom Brady to Tampa. I just don't see it. And it seems like this happens all the time when a big-name free agent hits the market it's always oh Tampa might be a top target because it may be a position of need. I just I don't I don't buy it. Like I, I really don't buy the Brady to Tampa rumors whatsoever. What uh, what do you guys think, Evan? What do you think, my man? So yeah, I'm I'm not right now. I'm not really buying it. However, like in the past with you know the Bucks being linked to Antonio Brown and the Bucks being linked to Le'Veon Bell, I'm gonna buy this more than I would those. Uh, just because, like, I do think they're they would consider Tom Brady. I think they're considering all options. Um, you know, I, I mean, Philip Rivers, Andy Dalton, uh, anybody, right? Just drafting a rookie quarterback, sticking with James Winston. They're they're looking at a ton of different things right now, and I think that's sort of part of their decision making process. You know, can they get a guy who you know is would be better than James Winston? Now, I know Tom Brady would sell a whole lot more tickets than James Winston would. Oh, it'd fill uh, that stadium up in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. It would be, and you know, and the Bucks would get a lot of media attention after that. But, um, I mean, I think Tom Brady still has a lot left in the tank. And if I were the Bucks, sure, you'd sign him. But I, I just don't see see a way that, you know, Brady would realistically come to Tampa. Um they, I understand Peter King, you know, saying they're, they're a dark horse. So technically, you know, he's kind of covering it up. So if Brady doesn't come, he could say, well, I didn't say it was going to happen. I just said they were a dark horse for him. So um, I would definitely be interested. But, I mean, like Taylor said, at, at this point right now, it's a pipe dream. And, and, and you know, if it goes, gets to March 15th and stuff, we keep hearing stuff, then it starts to get a little bit more real. But right now, sitting here on January 30th, um, it's it's way, way too early for that kind of stuff, and it's just a silly rumor right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you said, it's January 30th, so, I mean, every single quarterback that's going to be available is going to be an option. I mean, you could say the same thing about Drew Brees. Yep. I mean, is there I, – I don't think, Bridgewater. I think if Tom Brady comes back – I mean – We've seen situations where guys leave and they and they go to another team. You've see, seen it with Brett Favre. You've seen it with Peyton Manning where the team kind of moves on. 
but I don't think Tom Brady was really the problem this year in New England. Yeah. He didn't have his best season, but they didn't win, they didn't go out and not win the Super Bowl because of him. I think that Robert Kraft has come out and said he wants him back. I think that's the most likely scenario. And again, until it really happens, you're talking about. I mean, you're, you're talking about quote unquote the greatest quarterback of all time. So every team, I think, given the opportunity, is going to take their shot. Bucks included. hit the free agent market but again like you said i don't see it as realistic right now it's a fun thought and it'll be something interesting to keep in a uh, conversation as it kind of moves closer to free agency and things kind of line up a little different but again yeah i don't see it happening personally but it is an option can't deny that i mean i'll tell you one thing he you know like you said he wasn't really the problem in new england they had a really good defense but i mean his supporting cast you want to look at that i mean that is his supporting cast this year was just awful. Um, and, I mean, you, you would think, you know, you put him in offense with Mike Evans and Chris Goppa and O.J. Howard, and, you know, if the offensive line can develop a little bit more and, you know, a guy like Ronald Jones, you know, maybe maybe it could work. And, like I said, I think Brady has a lot more left in the tank, and I think he would do well here. And I'm sure, like I said, the Bucks are, I'm sure, they're, they've discussed Tom Brady. They, I'm sure they'll discuss Tom Brady even more. But you know, like like Taylor said, until until it comes out, Tom Brady is gone from New England, and the Bucks are seriously interested. It's you know, I wouldn't get your hopes up. I I still think they sign him. I think the Pats want to keep him around. I mean, kind of yeah. like Taylor had mentioned, Kraft already came out said he wants Brady back. I think it's I the think least they back. owe yeah. him. Yeah, because at this point. What was his big grimace for leaving? He just wanted to get paid more like the quarterback he deserves to be paid like. They're going to send him off in the sunset with a big, big deal. Yeah. He's, he's going to go out king of Boston. That's just how it happens. Um, you know, it's hard for me to sit here and imagine Tom Brady in any other NFL uniform. I, I guess we live yeah, in a Yeah, but universe. I mean, you, you could say the same thing about Peyton Manning at the time. Though. Yeah. No, you're you know, not wrong. I mean, it, and, and Brett Favre with the Packers. It, it, it happens. With a neck injury, you could say, yeah. I couldn't imagine yeah. seeing him in a Broncos jersey. I couldn't imagine seeing Brett Favre in a Jets jersey or a Vikings jersey. But crazy things happen in this league all the time. Evan, this is kind of not buck centric, but you said you still believe Tom Brady has a lot in the tank. How many years do you give to – he's, what, 42 now? Mm. How many years do you give him? Sorry, this is kind of off track. I'm just No, nah, you're good, curious. man. So uh, I'm probably a two-year deal. I, I would uh, – I think anything over two is sort of pushing it. I, I think – you know, I I just think with with the weapons that are that Tampa has, I, I think the offense would have to change a little bit, honestly, um, just because you know Tom Brady isn't like he has a decent arm, but he isn't like he doesn't have a strong arm as Jameis, or he's not he's not the guy to you know avoid sacks and stuff like that. Like he's gonna take a few hits, so um, you know I, I think a, a two year deal, and I think it's probably the same thing for Rivers. Um, a, a two-year deal is probably the most I would go. Uh, if, if he's looking for like a, if he seriously wants to play till he's forty-five and is looking for a, for a three to four-year deal, I'd probably stay away from that. But um, also another thing with Rivers or Brady, I think the Bucks would probably like to have a backup, like a like a plan, like because you're gonna have to move on from those guys sooner rather than later, right? Those guys are just stop gaps. So that's where I think if they sign one of those guys, you could maybe see them look to draft a quarterback, you know, in a second, third round maybe, or, you know, maybe next year pretty high. So, um, but like I said, though, that's, that's way far down the line. So it is definitely an interesting situation to think about, uh, you know, as we kind of discussed, these are all rumors until anything is confirmed. So until you see the news saying that Tom Brady is leaving new England, he's pursuing free agency, 
Just take it with a grain of salt, because it is that time of year. Everybody gets bored. It happens. Trust me. So let's move on. We talked a little bit more about it being Super Bowl week. Before we get to our Super Bowl predictions, it is a very big week for a few people in the Tampa Bay community. First, is our boy Big Nasty. You saw he was a finalist for the Ford Hall of Fans. We didn't plug it as much as we should have on this show, and uh, for that, I do apologize directly to Big Nasty. But, um, but yeah, due to Buccaneer fans voting everywhere, he was one of three finalists in the Ford Hall of Fans. He has a ticket to go to Super Bowl 54 in Miami, and then I'm guessing this weekend he's going to find out if he actually gets enshrined into the Hall of Fame. They make him a, a whole bust. I mean, it's it's a whole it's awesome. Yeah, man, that's a big deal for just a guy from Tampa. Uh, you heard, you might have listened to the pewter cast. Terry Bradshaw was on there. He talked about it verbatim. He told you over and over and over again how to go vote. So uh, if there is a secondary voting process, which I don't know yet, um, I guess we'll keep you updated. But as of right now, keep Big Nasty in your hopes because he's doing excellent things, putting Tampa on the map more than he already has in the past. Now, another big week for someone big in Tampa Bay football lore, John Lynch, GM of the San Francisco 49ers, is appearing in a Super Bowl this weekend, but he is also a finalist for the 2020 Hall of Fame class. So uh, I think Saturday we find out if he gets in the Hall for real this time, right? Pretty sure, yeah. So I think Saturday, let me ask, I mean, John Lynch, you know, Buccaneers legend. He's in the Ring of Honor. 49ers GM, he finished his career with 1,054 tackles, 26 interceptions, 16 forced fumbles in 15 seasons. He had nine Pro Bowls. He was a first-team All-Pro twice. Do you guys think this is finally the year that number 47 gets in the Hall? Taylor, do you think it's the year? I like to think it's the year. I mean, you look back at what he's done. He's in two Ring of Honors. I think he's in the Broncos, too. Um, nine, nine pro bowls, three, all pro. I don't see how they can have between his playing career and now turning around. I mean, he took over the 49ers when they were a two win team last year, they lost Jimmy Garoppolo and went four wins. They had a top five pick in the NFL draft. They spent on Bosa. I mean, the, the 49ers went from coaching in the senior bowl last year to playing in the super bowl this year so that is what he's done with that franchise in such a short amount of time is nothing short of incredible i think he's made this turnaround look large but if he doesn't get in this year i think that's just a huge feather in his cap and it's only just begun so if he doesn't make it this year which again i think he should this is what his seventh straight year as a finalist yeah i don't see there's how there's any way if he's been this close for seven years that you can't put him in next year looking at what he's done as a front office member on top of a great career yeah, yeah that, that's the exact point i was going to bring up I, I, I think his success as the gm certainly helps him out as as well i mean obviously he's going to get in for being you know the great player he was but this this definitely i mean he's starting to get a lot of credit now people are really starting to you know to give him a lot of credit and that just shines you know pretty uh, a pretty good light on him in the public eye so i think that definitely helps yeah i think i think can... one of the toughest things for him going in is going to be his highlight tape when they have to show that highlight tape oof, yeah that's gonna be everything would be a, a lot of hits were uh not not legal in today's game so yeah it, I think that's going to be the toughest part about inducting him if and when he gets in is when they have to sh- show that highlight. 
All the uh, he was a heck of a player, and I think more than deserving. All the countless concussions he may or may not have given to other players throughout the year. He was the hardest hitting safety in the league for quite some time. I mean, he was in competition. Yeah, I mean, you can't knock like, him for that. That's yeah, that's the way the game was played. So it's like you hate to show the the videos and you hate to think of the ramifications of the actions, but I mean, that's the game it was played and he did it as well as anyone in his time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, he was up there in the ranks of, you know, ED Reed, Ed Reed out of Baltimore, Brian Dawkins, all of those guys were just incredible hard hitting safeties. And he was among that elite group of guys who could do it and do it damn well. So let's hope he can get into the hall this year. Like you said, man, seventh year in a row being a finalist. If he doesn't get in, like just what's got to give, you know, but Really hoping he can get into the hall this weekend. Of course, we have to wait and see what happens. But Saturday will be the day that we find out. So make sure you guys are watching out for that this Super Bowl week. We have a few more things to really get into before we pack up and get out of here. Let's talk about some other rumors. Because, uh, you know, again, it is that time of year. Things really seem to slow down. Everybody on Twitter has a ridiculous amount of time on their hands. Mm-hmm. So, as of lately, Taylor, I'm sure you're well familiar with all of these new uniform rumors. What do you say, man? You still buy it? You think the Bucks are getting new threads this spring? I don't know if it's this spring. Um, I think they get them eventually. The outcry. I gotta ask, what do you guys think of the uniforms? I, I don't like them, but they're not the worst thing in the world. Like, I, I think, honestly, change the numbers and I'm sold. I, I will still like them. It'll suck that I have to buy another two jerseys, but... You change the numbers, and I think they're fine. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're definitely like people say it's the worst jersey. I definitely disagree. Like, I don't know. I I think like the reds with the you know with the pewter pants. Like, I think that's a pretty good look. Um, I would change the numbers for sure, but uh, maybe get rid of some of the orange on it. But I mean, other than that, like it's fine. Like, I, I don't see as big of an issue as people you know really want to point out um they're not great by any means but they're definitely not horrible i mean i i have to i think that the hate towards them has been largely overblown by the loud you know minority i think obviously the the digital clock looking numbers were a bit of an i i don't know if it's an overcompensation trying to go with that futuristic look i personally think the creamsicle is a great accent i think that the new logo on the helmet looks incredible, better mm -hmm. than the old one. I, yeah, I, think, I think the, the gunmetal gray kind of shift thing. away from that pewter looks great. I think outside of the numbers, I think they're just fine. I do think they get new uniforms within the next few years just because of the public outcry. Just have trouble thinking if something hasn't been said yet that it's coming this year, but... You never know. I mean, this is a quick league. Things change all the time. But you've already seen the Falcons make an announcement that they're coming out with new ones this coming season. So I think that there would have had to be some sort of thing. But again, I have no idea. And they could come out in a week and say we're getting new ones. But until it happens again, I don't know. But like I said, I really don't have a problem with them. I don't think they're that bad. Yeah, well, the the Rams also came out and said that they were getting new ones. So, yeah, um, I mean, I've you know, Rhett, I've said this on the show for two, three weeks that, you know, basically what Taylor said, until there's an announcement, I mean, why is everybody assuming that they're getting new uniforms? Like, there, there's been no, like, confirmed thing that they're getting new uniforms. Like, it's just, it's being made up by a lot of just different people. And, yeah. 
Like, I feel like people are setting themselves up just to get their all their hopes up and just be disappointed. There is one source that I know who has been hanging on to the new uniforms thing since last season. Like, week one of last mm-hmm. year, this same source has been saying the Bucks are going to be getting new uniforms. So, I, I don't know. Maybe they're the ones keeping people in the loop. There was a time where things kind of pointed in that direction. It seemed like maybe they were going to fold and give us an announcement. But, uh, again... There has been no statement made from the team. Uh, the last time I had seen a team official directly asked about it was when Greg Allman asked a team official, and they said no comment. Yeah, so, uh, well, they, they, they w- one, thing, one thing I will say. So the Bucks released their the these uniforms they had now. They released them, but they announced that they were going to do it like a week before. Like so, oh, yeah. it was like it was like in March. Yeah, and they they announced that they were gonna release them like and a new logo like the week before. Like that was it. So could there be something like that happening? Yeah, sure. But I just don't like just people on Twitter. Just I would just stop just assuming that there's gonna be new uniforms coming because, like we just said, in, until there's an announcement, I don't think you can assume anything. I, I do agree with Taylor. I, I do think they end up getting new ones either, I think, probably next offseason, if not this offseason. Um, but, I mean, until that happens, I just think don't hold your breath. It, it's so funny. And one thing I will say. Sorry, go ahead. Don't go back to the cream sickles. Yeah, don't go I, back I agree. Yep, exactly. No. 100%. I, I think, yeah, I think. I think if they do Come, make I mean, a change, they're not going to do that. They're, they're, the cream sickles are not that great. Oh man! A lot of it. Look, a lot of it is nostalgia. The cream sickles were cool at the time, but the let's be real. The franchise was not has not the the franchise is one of the losingest franchises in the four major sports, and their really lone run of success came in the pewter and red. Yep. So whether that comes with a new iteration of this gunmetal gray and red, which I really like, or you make a shift back to the pewter and red, I think you have to stick with that. I think it fits the team guilty of it with the rays i mean i don't think they ever should have branded away from the devil ray look and i think still when you see the throwbacks this year i would love a full-time rebrand back to the devil rays color scheme and look like they were yeah so i get that from a nostalgia point i just don't think the cream sickle and whites are it i think when they get new ones it's going to be another iteration of 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 some sort of red and pewter or gunmetal gray like they've done but don't go back for nostalgia's sake because i think if you move back to the cream sickles it's going to be tired. I I hope they don't they don't uh, change the logo. Well, one helmet rule makes it tough to have those throwbacks. No, I love the new logo. I think it's a hundred percent better than the the what was it the ninety nines. Mm, yep. I think it's more defined. I think it's bigger. I think it looks a lot better. So I really like that. I like the ship they put on the on the on the uh, arm. Like all of that. Numbers are the big glaring issue, I think. So, uh, Taylor, I'm going to meet you in the middle about what you said about my beloved cream sickles. Because, one, I do not think they should bring them back. I think the Buccaneer identity moving forward, and hopefully for the rest of this franchise, is red and pewter. That's the success that we had. That's the gritty look that not every NFL team had. But I'm going to say this. I think if you bring back the cream sickles, which I don't think they should do. Just kind of throwing that out there that I already said that. But if you do bring back the creamsicles, I think they're sharp enough to where even today they could be one of the best looks in the NFL. And I mean, no, I don't think orange and white is uh, the best combination when it comes to franchise colors. Like I said, I think the Bucks' identity should remain red and pewter. But I'll be damned that if they brought the creamsicles back full time and they wanted to go full rebrand, 
I would not be upset in the slightest. So uh, I, you I wouldn't kinda, find it. I had to defend them because I like them, man. Like it, they, it took a long time for them to grow on me. But I just got a Warren Sap creamsicle over the uh, over the holiday, and okay. it, it, it takes everything in me not to wear it every single episode because I think they look sharp. They're a cool look. I'll give it that. I think they're a cool look. I just don't know how how it will be received in the long term. Are you yeah. willing to spend the next 10, 15 years of your franchise back where you started? I think the black and the red, while it may be a tad overdone across sports, I think it's a much more stable franchise. I really like, I think they've embraced the cream circle and they've brought a lot more throwback gear back for fans things like that. If you can find a way to do a throwback game, I think the last one was Josh Freeman as a quarterback. Yeah. But yeah. it was versus uh, the man, Saints, I believe. Yeah. So it'd be cool, but is it what you want for the next decade of your franchise? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm in yeah. agreement with you there. That's I, I I don't mind the cream sickles, but I, I don't think they should bring them back. I just think do what the Jaguars did basically. Like did the Jaguars they kept it simple. They just sort of redesigned their uniforms, and now they're they're pretty good. You know, the Dolphins pretty much did the same thing. Yeah, man. I think I think the vintage look works. I think the creamsicles in particular. I'm biased. They're you know one of my favorite jerseys of all time. But I can agree with all three of us here. I don't think it's the look that you want to be the future of your franchise, but of course, I don't think that's going to be an option. I don't I don't I just don't think they go that route if we do get updated uniforms, if we do get an updated logo. I think if they update anything, it will be the uniform and the uniform alone. The whole uh, the helmets look the coolest they've looked in years, and uh, I think the rest of it is something that of course can be built upon. But that's your new uniform rumors this week, so quit asking. Everybody asks every <laughs> single week if we have new uniform rumors, and we do not. Just stay on Twitter, remember to take a deep breath, and remember that at the end of the day, the Buccaneers don't have to look great. <laughs> They're our team. We're going to support them no matter what. So uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. You'll know in a month or two. I'll give you that. So... Let's wrap up the show with some emails. We got one email this week from our buddy Gil in California. He sends us an email that says, subject line, all love. As a market fan out in Bakersfield, California, or as an out-of-market fan in Bakersfield, California, excuse me, let me start from the top, you guys don't know how amazing the podcast is to me. We've talked before and have other big Bucks fans to talk Bucks with, and overall, we love to listen to quality content from you guys, and it's more than I can ask for. I'm not doing this for the stickers because, by the way, at the end of last week's show, I said if you send us an email, you get some free stickers. So Gil is not doing this for the stickers, but he just wanted to let us know that everything that we do is appreciated and loved by many fans out there in California. Keep up the amazing work. You guys are second to none. Go Bucks from our friend Gil in Bakersfield, California. So thank you, Gil. I will get your information from you probably after we stop recording, and then I'll be able to send you a free pack of CFP stickers. So... There's our email for the week. We've kind of covered everything we had on the prep board. Unless there's any other pressing issues you guys have, I think it's about time we wrap this thing up. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we want to do some uh, some Super Bowl picks? Yes, absolutely. I almost forgot. Let's get our Super Bowl score predictions. Uh, we will start with our guest, Mr. Taylor Jenkins. Taylor, what is your Super Bowl prediction? Oh, man, I don't have a score yet, but I have to go with the Chiefs. Um... I love what they've done there. I think their defense has stepped up a lot in the second half of the season. I think they really defend well 
what to do. I think they defend the middle of the field well. I think they're going to be able to hold on to Travis Kelsey a little bit. I mean, um, I'm sorry, to a George Kittle a little bit. Uh, I the think that they player, cover RPOs well. I, <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But, yeah, both very talented tight ends. Um, and I, I can't help but, you know, it would be great for John Lynch to get one as a GM, for Bucks fans, for everything like that. But, man, do I love Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and what they've done out there. Just a huge fan of that offense, huge fan of the coach, huge fan of the quarterback. Um, and I just think they've done a really good job building that organization. Reed get one. I'd love to see Patrick Mahomes and what looks to be, you know, a, a a great career coming from him. So I'd like to see him get one as a young gun. So I gotta go with the Chiefs. I can't. I don't really have a score for you, but that's my pick. It's all good, man. Evan, what is your prediction? Score or no score? It's all good. Yeah. So I I I've been sort of flip flopping on the score, but I still think it's a close game. Uh, I'm picking the Chiefs. Also, I just think Patrick Mahomes is just one of the hottest players in the NFL right now. Um, it's just when, when he turns it on, it's just almost unstoppable. Uh, I mean, they've been down double digits in each of their playoff games and it's just, he flicks a switch and that's that. Um, it's, it's been incredible to watch. I just think he's just going to keep, you know, rolling. Uh, I think the chief's defense has definitely improved. Uh, I think they're going to do just enough to be able to stop uh, the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely going to have to throw the ball a whole lot more, and I just I trust Kansas City's offense more, and I trust San Francisco's offense. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs. Uh, let's go 24-20. 24-20. I'm honestly surprised you didn't pick it as a more high-scoring game. Because yeah, well, I, I like San Francisco's defense too much to do that, honestly. I get you. I get you. I still think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. I think both teams have at least 30. I don't think it's a total mm. shootout. I, I don't think they have over 40, either of them. But you never know. Super Bowl Sunday coming up. So what is my prediction? Uh, Evan, I've been flip-flopping back and forth just like you said you have. You know, I look at one hand, the San Francisco 49ers, my loyalty to John Lynch. I really want to see John Lynch get a ring, um, at least one as a GM, because it just, I don't know. It's, you know, those Buccaneer ties. Uh, maybe I want to see Quan Alexander get a ring. I don't really <laughs> know. But um, I really want to see John Lynch get a ring. But... I think if Andy Reid hits the field in a big 4XL Hawaiian shirt, shorts, and some flip-flops, I think it's game it's over. over. I think the Chiefs are putting up 50. So my prediction, uh, as much as I don't want to do it, I think the Chiefs win, and I think the Chiefs win at 35-28. to 28. I think they win and secure it at the end. Uh, whether it's a game-winning touchdown or the defense is out there doing what they need to do to slow down San Fran, I think Kansas City comes away with it. So there's our Super Bowl picks, all three of us. I do think Kansas it's going to be a really fun matchup. I think it's going to be a really fun matchup. I think yeah. the 49ers, if they can stick to what they've been doing, um, run the ball well, use that play action, I think they're going to be able to score points. Problem being, if the Chiefs get up by a few scores, don't get away from that game plan. I think the 49ers have to stick with what well, got them there. That's what if Tennessee you did, dive into letting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, Tannehill was great this year. You look at the advanced metrics, he was near at asking statistics, but that came out of how they play the game. If you start making Jimmy Garoppolo make tough throws outside of the numbers, while I think the 49ers front seven is great, their secondary is really good. You've got Richard Sherman out there essentially taking a third of the field away. Um, if they get down and they have to kind of break out of that game plan, I think it's going to be really tough for them to climb out of it. But again, 
you can't let as you, if you're the Chiefs, you can't let the 49ers get out to a 10, 14 point lead. That's where they thrive when they can dominate on the ground. Kyle Shanahan would love to create a 300. That's going to win you ball games, and he's shown that this year. But I just think win or lose is going to be a great matchup for both teams. Um, but again, yeah, I got the Chiefs winning it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. It's going to be a great matchup. Super Bowl 54. That is Sunday. Kickoff is 6.30 p.m. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, everybody's going to be watching the Super Bowl. So don't even ask me where you can watch it because you should know by now. Okay? If you can watch this podcast on YouTube and listen to it anywhere else, then you can watch the damn Super Bowl when it's on national TV. Taylor Jenkins of PewterReport.com, thank you so much for joining us today for episode number 97. Let the people know where they can view your work and how they can follow you on social media. Absolutely. You can reach out to me at, uh, at T Jenkins Tampa on Twitter, follow all of our stuff at pewterreport.com or at pewterreport on Twitter. But, um, thank you guys so much for having me on. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the fans. Um, love interacting with you guys. When you, when you talk to me, when you read our stuff, when you support us, that's, that's why we do it without you guys. We're nothing. So, I mean, huge thank you to the fans, for everyone listening, for everyone who reads. Can't thank you guys enough. And, again, thank you guys so much for having me on. I love doing this stuff, talking football. It's a blast for involved, and I just appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on, man. It really was a good time. We know it's the off season, it's rumor season, and not a whole lot of news regarding our Buccaneers, but very glad that you could jump on here and let the people know some informative stuff especially this week of the Super Bowl. I know you're probably a busy guy. So, guys, it's a website that we shout out a ton here on the show, pewterreport.com. They put out some of the best content in Tampa Bay regarding our Bucks. If you want to go check them out at any time, again, pewterreport.com. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's just about going to do it for this episode of CFP. Thank you so much for watching with video on YouTube or checking us out on any of the podcast hosting sites that you may or may not use. You can follow the show on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. And you can follow my co-host, Mr. Evan, on Instagram and Twitter at BucksWave. Make sure, make sure. Got to make sure I say something about them before we head out. Make sure you check out our sponsors who are responsible for all the show merchandise that you see before you right now. Pinecrest Printing and Signs. These guys have been hooking it up for the Tampa Bay business community since 2001, and they have been doing a great job. RJ and his experienced staff are ready to get you and your business rolling with all sorts of representation. You can start small. You can do business cards. They hooked us up with. You can go stickers, maybe bump it up a little bit, do some apparel. They do hats. They do shirts. They do custom embroidered pants if you're into that type of thing. And if you really want to get crazy, they've got banners. And, of course, to top it all off, they have the vehicle wraps. So everybody driving on the road knows what the deal is. So make sure you go check them out. Pinecrest Printing and Signs. You can give them a call at 813-684-5444. Or check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. I am Rhett Matthew, signing off for Taylor Jenkins and, of course, Evan Wanish. And we will catch you guys next time. As always, go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.